0: This week on Unbothered by Ty Rivera, the Roseanne reboot got cancelled, Takashi69 finally has a song I like, and Nick Guerra gets punched and bust open like a pinata of truth. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Unbothered by Ty Rivera, coming to you live and in color from. Quarto de Bijou. Again, that's Quarto de Bijou. I've been a little out of sorts lately, and I'll admit that, and I'm ready to get back to the regular me on this episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Bijou is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator, the unofficial never-will-be-a-sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, Whimsy's Alligators, for your puppies and all their chewing needs. Oh, you guys, it's been quite a week, and we're only on Wednesday. That's right, I said Wednesday. Oh, I'm also going to say real quick, this episode is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Siddiqui Fuller. For anybody that's not familiar with Siddiqui Fuller, Siddiqui Fuller is a comic that uh, had been a little less active on the L.A. scene in the last couple of years, but really made an influence on a lot of us, was a good friend to a lot of us, and he's going to be missed. Uh, he died two weeks ago, I want to say, and he was found by his um, his girlfriend, uh, yeah, I believe it was his girlfriend, and uh, you know. I really did love Siddiqui. Like, you meet people in this business and you don't always get to hang out with them as much as you would like to because they're on the road or you're on the road or stuff like that. But when you see each other, there's just certain people that really like you connect with, you uh, share information with, you talk about spots, you talk about bookers. There was a time in the beginning of my career because, you know, like, as soon as when, uh, or as soon as, as soon as when, uh, as soon as people end up, passing then a lot of times you have a flood of like memories from them about them that kind of stuff and one time I remember catching some feelings because uh I had hit Siddiqui up when I was first starting my career and I was like hey can you uh hook me up with any spots or can I get some work which he's one of the few people I ever did that with in my life you know like uh, there was a point where um Leslie Jones said I asked her for work when we weren't getting along and stuff like that and I would tell you guys just like I'm telling you about Siddiqui but that never happened with me and Leslie Jones because one we weren't friends like that and two um by the time I came into contact with Leslie Jones where I would have been I guess you could say, within arm's reach enough to reach out to her that way, I already knew better than that, and I understood why it was. Because the reason I caught feelings when Siddiqui, I hit Siddiqui up was he didn't ever get back to me. And at the time, I was new, and I thought that that was rude of him to not, not at least hit me back and say, like, hey, you know, I don't have anything for you or that kind of thing. But now that I've been doing comedy, and, well, almost... Well, shortly after, I began to see why it was he didn't get back to me, and it was like, you know, there's nothing a lot of people can do for you when you're, even now, like, you know, I'm friends with... People that do a lot of stuff, and I do a fair amount of stuff, I'm not going to say I do a lot of stuff because I've cut a lot of stuff out and I realized that a lot of the stuff I was doing kind of had me running in circles for not enough money, which I've already talked about that. So, um, you know, I've slowed down on a lot of the stuff I was doing. I can still hook people up with it uh, if I n- know they're going to do what it. See, it sounds... Uh, Here's the way it works. Uh, A lot of times you can't really do anything for some people with like clubs and stuff like that, and that's what people want from you. And then the stuff that you can hook people up with is gonna be like introductory stuff, and they're gonna later on come back to you and be like, hey, I ended up doing that thing, and it didn't end up making me enough money, whatever, whatever, I ended up breaking even, or some shit like that. And you're like, hey, I tried to help you out. Like, you said you wanted to get on the road, you said you wanted to do spots, I tried to make that happen, and now you're complaining at me because you didn't make enough. Well, I have nothing to do with that. And and so, you know, uh, I know Siddiqui was in a similar situation. Like, you know, at the time, he probably maybe could have put in a recommendation for me with somebody like Tribble or something like that. But, you know, that's not always the hookup you want to give people or the one. So anyway, my point was shortly after I realized why it was he didn't get back to me and then any kind of hard feelings I had towards him in that way dissipated and it was all friendship from there on out and that I like I said was towards the very beginning of my career so um you know that was a very short while where I felt that way and uh, as I got to know him throughout the years I just began to really see what kind of person he was, and he was a really great person, and I, um, it's unfortunate, you know, I mean, like, like, uh, I wish maybe I had gotten to see him more, or, you know, life is life. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I definitely did shout out Mr. Siddiqui Fuller. For any comics that don't know, tomorrow, uh, which is May 31st, Thursday, May 31st, they're going to be doing a memorial for Siddiqui Fuller at the Hollywood Improv at 10 p.m. So, if you guys get a chance to make your way out there Uh, go ahead and shimmy on into the improv even if you didn't know Siddiqui you should shimmy on in if it's possible and uh, pay your respects because he definitely was a comic that made an impact on the LA scene and sometimes like the younger comics will think that because they didn't know somebody that means they didn't mean shit and it's it's such a limited way of looking at things. Uh but yeah, so let's get to the other stuff that I wanted to talk about. Real quick, shout out to Takashi 69 which uh I've been a Takashi fan for a while now, but never liked one of his songs. So, there's that. I just like that he's a troll. I like that he's made his way up and I know different people have talked about like the charge he had which was like a uh something act with a minor. But if you read the actual story on that or even listen to the interviews with him on that or even see the way it's been adjudicated, like, what happened was him and his friends made the shitty mistake, and I will admit that it was a shitty mistake on their part, but, like, of not checking a girl's ID when she was hanging out with them. And I only know that Takashi wasn't having sex with the girl he took a couple pictures for um, social media you know and posted them on social media of this girl doing something I'm not sure exactly what she was doing because the articles haven't said exactly but uh, then he ended up you know having to go to court and that kind of stuff and I ended up reading about it and it really did seem like the kind of situation where and I'm not making excuses for people I'm not what you would call call an apologist I'm just saying that when people are young you know like he and it's still um there's still some debate as to whether or not he was 17 or 18 exactly when this happened and uh you know i just like that part i really you know in a lot of ways with that kind of stuff i always feel like it's better for me to let the courts handle that and of courts have dealt with it and say that you know his sentence isn't actual statutory rape he's not actually going to prison he's not actually going to jail then and they've done you know their research from what it sounds like from interviews and stuff like that you know as far as the court went like they did everything that they needed to do so it's like what why am i going to stand in the way of a person Moving ahead or doing something different like especially if that doesn't turn out to be a pattern for them or something that they're just doing all the time You know, it's like I I know that the, these kids get down nowadays like back Back in my day. Oh, but when I was younger, you know, like parents had a lot tighter reins on us You know now these kids are just out willy-nilly running the streets They're not even going to the mall like little kids anymore. Like, they're going to fuck parties. And it's like... These kids are really blurring the lines as to what's acceptable for these youngsters. So, I just stay in my lane as the adult that I am. And let these kids do what they need to do. Uh, And I... I'm also big on people being able to come back from mistakes. And I know that that might sound maybe too forgiving to some people. But I feel like, what are people supposed to do? And I addressed this a little bit last week. But are people just supposed to die once they've made a mistake? Or are they supposed to never work again? And mm, I guess maybe live live off the system, get welfare of some sort? I don't know exactly what it is people think it's supposed to happen to people after they make a mistake. Like, you know, granted, there are people out there saying rec- racist, sexist, homophobic, all those things type of stuff. And, but, okay, so let's say, like, Roseanne Barr, right? Which I know all of that for anybody that doesn't know. She did a racist tweet uh, about Valerie Jarrett, who was a Obama aide, and um, she... Put up a tweet that said, "Black Muslim plus Planet of the Apes equal VJ." So, and the VJ stood for Valerie Jarrett. And then, um, you know, you can't, you cannot, white people. I'm, I'm trying to help you out with this. I know that white people really want to debate this, but just. Shut your mouths and listen. Stop comparing black people to apes and monkeys. Stop it. You cannot do it. I know that every once in a while one of you gets crazy and thinks that you're the one. You're suddenly the neo of racism and you're the one that can do it. But it just doesn't work that way, white people. Stop yourselves. Stop yourselves. Stop yourselves. Stop yourselves. Because if Roseanne getting her ass fried for it doesn't tell you, I don't know what your Circle K working ass thinks is going to happen. I don't know what you think is going to come of this. but And I know that there have been a lot of white people lately that really feel like they're just losing their free speech. I just cannot. Well, white people, you were the only ones that were allowed to have free speech for a long fucking time. So now... You're not allowed to say certain shit because you abused that back when you had it. Yes, you did People call people monkeys and apes at will, however you wanted to. You fucking did it. You said all sorts of racist shit. You ran everything. And so, now, just shut up once in a while. Once in a while, keep a thought in your fucking head. And you know who I had to do that for a lot of times? People of color. Throughout history, people of color had to keep their mouth shut because you weren't even allowed to make white people uncomfortable. So, please. <sighs> so, yeah, uh, and Roseanne has been canceled, and people were talking about, you know, some people are making the comparison with the NFL, and I really do feel like it's the same thing, you know? Like, it cost. ABC money and it was going to cost ABC money, you know, like people start boycotting. Then people were saying it was because the um, president of ABC is black, which I'm sure that that had, well... I'm sure that had something to do with it in the fact that she was willing to take action because there was, I'm sure, some sort of personal connection with like, you know, why should we have to deal with that? And I have been very honest. I love Roseanne and I really loved what she was doing for the debate when it came to politics, you know, because here she was uh a trump supporter and her show you know roseanne was you know roseanne and dan were trump supporters and so it was and then jackie was obviously the uh bernie i believe was well she ended up voting for jill stein but you know like she was supposed to be the Uh, the liberal, the lefty on the show, and it was just cute, it was fun, and the way that they were handling it was fun, and I, you know, I just I thought they were really bringing something to the table when it came to all of this, Uh, you know politics and just the shit show that it's become, and I've been friends with Uh, Roseanne on Twitter for a long time following her. She follows me as well. Technically, she followed me first, and then I followed her. But who knows? It could have been a social media person that handled that and followed her. But if you follow her on Twitter, I don't imagine she really has somebody in charge of that. Just because she's a real... Like... I'm surprised because, you know, now they're saying that in 2013 she referred to somebody uh, from the Obama team as a gorilla, I believe. Um, Monkeys, apes, and gorillas. Don't do it, white people. But she got away with it that time, and I never saw that tweet because sometimes she goes on a real Twitter rant, and she'll... Go crazy, and it's kind of cool to see in the way, like, where you're like, Wow, she really is just a regular person on Twitter, she's not at all just being like you know, superstar Roseanne, she's really getting in the shit, she's getting her hands dirty. But, like, sometimes I read because you know, she talks a lot about. Israel and Palestine and that kind of stuff. And sometimes I'll tune in and like check out some of her tweets and I'm always like, I'm surprised that nobody makes a big deal of any of this. I mean, she has some very strong opinions, which there's nothing wrong with strong op- opinions, but the way that she presents him in a lot of cases, it's really like, this is really... You're talking some shit right now, Roseanne. So... um yeah, so she finally ended up getting her, uh, getting called out her shit, and I I had never seen her put anything, like, you know, racist as far as black people, though. And I didn't see this tweet when it came out. I ended up reading about it because uh, different people had tagged me and were like, hey, what do you think about this? And which I don't mind people doing ever. you know, I, I like to stay informed, but I just don't always have chance to check stuff out myself. So if people tag me and stuff, then I'm usually like, okay that that makes sense or that's that's cool that I'm getting to actually know what's going on right now. Um, you know, I'm gonna tell you guys, there has been a lot going on in the comedy world and in the world in general. So, um, I have been on the road quite a bit, which I love actually getting to do what I love doing, but at the same time, I hate being away from the best boyfriend in the world. Um, I... Really, 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 really love my silly boyfriend, and he's um very patient with me, but at the same time, I'm a really good boyfriend with him, too. So we make like a good pair, I would say, because neither one of us is doing all the work and we uh correct shit when we need to and this time you know because I got back Monday I was in Wichita and I got back Monday this time we're barely on Wednesday now excuse me sorry I'm yawning but uh we're barely on Wednesday now and it's already been way better than when I was here for that couple of days last week we just weren't able to connect last week and I'm we've talked about why it was, and, you know, we tried to figure it out. But really, who knows exactly why it was? It just wasn't happening last week, you know? We weren't connecting for some reason, and that's going to happen sometimes. But uh we definitely got it together this time, and it's great, and I'm um, happier than ever. But, you know, I got to say, ever since I got with him, I've been happy. So he made me mad. Sunday night, yeah, Sunday night, uh, we had a quick, not not even an argument, it just, you know, I was a little bit bothered, (laughs) and then, uh, so when I got home Monday, because he was like, you know, I still can't wait to see you Monday, and then we, you know, talked it out somewhat, and I was like, alright, well, I'm still not happy, but... I'll see you on Monday. You know, I'll see you tomorrow. So, uh, whatever. And then when he came in, I was laying on the bed, like, because me and Bijou had been watching TV together. Uh, we had been streaming some YouTube. And so I was laying on the bed, and he was like, uh, he walked in, and he was like, get up to say hello to me. Get up and say hello to me. And I was like, No. And I just laid where I was at. And then he uh, grabbed me and picked me up so that I would say hello to him. And he's, I hate to sound so gay, but he's, he's big and strong. And so he picked me up. Quick and easy, and it wasn't rough or mean at all. It was just, like, letting me know that I was going to stand up to greet him, which, you know, like, as like some people would say whatever or whatever, but the fact is I like the way he is like that. And it wasn't, like I said, at all done in, like, a mean, aggressive way, but it was done in a way like, yeah, I fucking wait home for you and take care of the dog and take care of anything you need here while you're gone, and then when I when you get home and I want you to at least get up and give me a proper greeting, say hello to me when I walk in the room, then I think that should happen. And he's right, that should happen. So like, you know, I didn't have a problem. I just, I laughed really loud because I didn't expect that he'd be able to pick me up that easily. Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's really what made me, I, I mean, I laughed loud, loud. Uh, Because it just, you know And plus, I just like the way he is You know, I mean, like, he speaks my language And, you know, if you have somebody And they grab you when you say that you're not gonna say hello to them And you don't like that Then you break up with that person That person doesn't speak your language But as far as I go, like, me and my boyfriend's relationship goes Yes, we speak the same language And him doing that was the exact perfect thing to do And, you know, also the other thing is I know him well enough that I know that if I were to tell him, please don't fuck with me right now, I really am mad, he definitely would not have done it. And he does respect my boundaries. So it's not like he's just this fucking guy that doesn't listen or whatever. He just knows when to do what he needs to do with me. And so, you know. But then uh, we talked about what it was that was bothering me. It took that fast, and we were right back to just being like, all right, well, we got shit to do. And that shit to do includes being together and just being happy, you know? Like, enjoying each other's company for the few days that we have until I have to leave again. Because tomorrow, Thursday, I have to leave again. So... You know that's the update on my relationship, and uh, you know he's at work right now, and I can't wait for him to get home. But he doesn't get home till nine thirty tonight, so I'm recording my podcast, and then I gotta edit clips. Uh, like I keep telling you guys, please follow me on Instagram at official ty rivera, and then uh, also youtube.com slash tyra vera subscribe and click the bell for notica- notifications on that and uh keep commenting and liking my post as far as uh comedy goes people keep asking me it was supposed to be 30 days of comedy now we're or comedy clips now we're up to 38 i think day 38 and i've missed two days but we're up to you know the 38th clip that I've posted and I'm just going to keep posting um and but I'm going to keep numbering the 30 so that I can have it as a reminder to myself of how much further I've gone than where I actually planned to stop where my original my original stopping point was and I'm really enjoying I'm enjoying looking at my stuff cuz some of it's old and some of it I forgot and um you know I I feel like uh it's it's helping me and I also feel like it's a good way for me to get myself out there and I'll start doing more stuff as far as like Q&A type stuff and um you know I'm going to I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff cuz I will not mince words and I won't apologize for it. I'm trying to make shit happen because I I want to get married and I want to have a house in the very near future. I'm I don't want to continue to just be like, you know, I am appreciative for the place that I live right now. Quarto de Bijou is serving me and Christopher well. It's the perfect spot for us and it's not like I'm paying a lot of rent here. I live with my best friend and, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm paying nothing here. But uh, it's, I'm not paying a lot of rent, and so it's an opportunity for me to be able to sort things out, figure out what I want to do, pay some bills. Also, me and Christopher have to plan what we're gonna do as far as you know what our next step is. But it's just it's and. And it's a relaxed atmosphere, and I don't have to worry about anything. There's not tweaking going on here. There's not any weird energy here. There's no, like, unnecessary arguments. Actually, there's really no arguments here. Uh, There's not even, like, real... uh, You know, because I'm a grown man, and so is my best friend. And we've been friends for years and years now. So it's not even, like, you know... That weird shit where it's, like, uh, people not paying their part for stuff. I mean, we have a guy here who lives here. His name is Cat. And Cat is sort of, I guess, uh, I wouldn't want to use the word houseboy because, you know, houseboy implies he's serving as eye candy. And it's not like he's an unattractive guy. I'm sure he's, you know, got his crowd But uh, just he's not what I'm looking at. And uh, he's not what Christopher is looking at. And I'm not saying that in like a jealous boyfriend sort of way. Just he's not what Christopher would be into. Now, if he were smaller framed and Latino, we might have to revisit this idea. But uh, and, you know, Jamel, he's not what Jamel is looking for either. So he's not. So when I say houseboy. It's, like, yeah, that's kind of the role that he feels because he does do a lot of, like, chores and cleaning and that kind of stuff. But he's not, uh, you know, there's not the component, this sexual component that's usually there with what I usually consider a houseboy. Maybe I need to look up the definition for houseboy, and he's exactly what a houseboy is. But I had just always assumed when I saw people with houseboys, I always assumed that it was, there was some sort of, like, you know, He's the hot house boy. We like to watch him do shit. And it's like, no, bitch, do these dishes. I just need these dishes done. I don't need nobody to look at. I got a boyfriend to look at when I want something to look at. And he does sexier shit than dishes. But there's that. And then um, what else did I say we were going to talk about? We talked about Takashi which I know some people are going to have feelings about that and be like, you know, call me, say that I'm, uh, I'm just tired of people, so say whatever you want, you know? I mean, like, obviously, I have my way of thinking, and I'm not even, you know, like I said, when it comes to Roseanne, there were people that were like, you know, well, she needs to look at something, how she ruined her career, and it's like, Roseanne's made a shitload of money. And if Roseanne wants to ever, she can go on the road and she can perform at casinos and she might have to give it a couple of, you know, but here's the deal. Here's what's going to happen with Roseanne. And she's she did the apology and then she, you know, is now defiant again or whatever. But what's going to happen with Roseanne is she will at the most have a little while where she needs to cool her heels and collect herself and give people a chance to kind of forget about this situation if this is what she decides to do and then in a couple months a year at the most she can start touring again if she wants to tour which she hasn't toured in a long time but she could do high-end you know like casino type stuff and make the real money out there one night just do a one night whichever agua fria Is it Agua? No, Agua Caliente Casino, places like that. So there's that. Plus, she'll always be good for TV, like, as far as opinions go. So she could do something with that. Like, there's always going to be something for a person like Roseanne. So when people say, like, you know, oh, she's ruined her career, it's like, "Mm, you obviously know nothing. So, you know. I do feel bad for some of the cast though like you know the guy that played DJ or the the kids on the show cuz those people thought they had a gig and they're on a you know a hit show and now it's all been taken from them because Roseanne said something stupid you know, and I was disappointed in the fact that it wasn't clever. It wasn't funny. Like to me, there was no joke there. Somebody today posted uh, on my Tino uh, is his name, and I like him and I like his opinions. I'm not like you know bashing him. He he to me uh, offers um, even though I may not always agree with this point of view. Plenty of times I do, but um, I may not always agree with this point of view. He offers a necessary component to the conversation in my opinion and he's not afraid to say things that Aren't popular, and I think people like that are necessary. And you know, like Roseanne even saying this, it does add to the conversation because it lets people know that that thinking is still out there, and there are people in certain age ranges and from certain demographics that think it's still acceptable to speak this way, and that's something that we need to address, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm it's unfortunate that she has always been a hero of mine and will continue to be a hero of mine. I'm not going to let her... The fact that she said this is not going to ruin her for me. It's just like when you... You know, like to me, I look at a lot of these people sort of like friends. Like, you know, I have plenty of friends that have said things that I don't agree with. And the one I live with now, me and Jamel, we don't agree on everything. Like, when it comes to politics and stuff like that, we've had some heated discussions about politics and that kind of stuff then i've not agreed with certain things he said and he's not agreed with certain things that i've said but at the end of the day i always feel like that conversation helped me grow even if i didn't agree with all of it it gave me a different way to look at things And so, uh, you know, and it reminded me that somebody else thinks completely differently than I do. So, you know, same with Roseanne. You know, I'm not necessarily happy with her right now, but I still look up to what she was able to do you know at the time that she was able to do it coming up during the time that she came up not looking not being traditionally beautiful or thin or a lot of the things that the united states told us that we were supposed to be or told people especially women that they were supposed to be she wasn't particularly ladylike and she did do uh, quite a bit to help lgbt like people forget that she had that lesbian kiss back in the day with i think it was mariel hemingway uh yeah i think that's who the um the lesbian kiss was with and you know like and it wasn't even like a kiss kiss but it was considered such a big deal and people were boycotting and that's probably the other thing that she was not expecting was to get cut off like that because throughout her career if you remember back the old roseanne you know when she did the um the national anthem sang the national anthem there was that and it just you know she's made a career off of a lot of controversy so she probably thought it was just going to be another one of those situations where she'd have a quick controversy and then it would be done and this time it didn't turn out to be that this time it did turn out to be like a yeah, we're canceling your ass and we're pulling all your reruns off and this is done for now. So, uh, you know, and I think it's important that people see that consequence too, that that there is a consequence now to saying stuff like that. Because, like I said, during my generation, a lot of people said stuff like that on the regular and never suffered any kind of consequence to it. So it's kind of an awakening, and so... uh, I, you know, oh, but what I was going to say about Tino was he posted that um, he doesn't think any comic should lose their job for a joke. And I agree, but I don't see where the joke is. Like, literally what I told you is what the tweet was. And it was black li- black Muslim uh, and Planet of the Apes equal VJ. So to me... I'm not seeing a setup and a punchline there. I'm not even seeing a proper roast joke there. So, you know, I can't defend it and be like, oh, yeah, it was a joke and it just got taken the wrong way. You know, on Facebook, I said that I could see... Even past the racism aspect, you know, if it were an actual joke, like, you know, if it were something like, you know, when you watch a roast, people do say things that are racist when you watch like a regular roast or roast battle, which is very popular. One of my favorite shows to watch. If you guys aren't familiar with roast battle, check it out on Periscope so on, on Periscope on Tuesday nights. I think it's under verbal boxing on... um on periscope but if you search roast battle on google you can find it and yeah you you know a lot of the jokes are racist but you know so i could forgive it if it were like clever enough funny enough but even when you watch roast battle when people say things that are just racist and don't have like an actual you know aren't an actual joke the judges will mention that and the audience will just You know, stone face it or like boo it or wah wah, because it's not, you know, it's not funny. It's just racism. So, you know, there was that. Then Nick Guerra, who is a good friend of mine, he's been a guest here on Unbothered by Ty Rivera back when we still had guests. I know I do plan to have guests, but like I told you guys, I don't plan to have guests until I get back after next week. Uh, next week might it even be hard because I think I'm in San Diego. I'm in Sacramento this weekend, if you guys don't know. I'm in Sacramento at Laughs Unlimited in uh, Sacramento. So And that's Friday through Sunday, if you guys get a chance. Friday through Sunday, Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. And I will be posting about it on social media, Facebook. I've been posting about it already, but I'll be posting where you guys can get tickets and that kind of stuff. So, there's that. Then uh, Nick Guerra, like I said, good friend of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, good friend of Ty Rivera, ended up getting punched on Sunday night by comedian Willie Barcena, fellow Latino comedian Willie Barcena. No, Willie. No, Willie. Willie, you need to stop punching people, Willie. No punching people, Willie. Oh, but it's true. Willie, stop hitting people. Uh, You know, he got in a fight a while back with Adam Hunter, who Adam Hunter, unfortunately for Willie, is an MMA guy, so that didn't turn out too well for him. And it's just like willie has to be at least 50 years old or close to 50 and that's not me clowning or being like you know acting like he's old because i'm going to tell you the truth willie barcena is actually a really good comic willie barcena is when it comes to just pure stand-up and what he can do on stage he's a great writer he's an asset or could be an asset to the latino community in general not even just stand up but just in general if he were to take his position as seriously as he wants everybody else to take his position he could actually be something you know and i don't mean that he's nothing now but he's just not what he could be for as talented and as funny as he is and as many times as he's been on um like he's done actual tonight show like several times you know like he's i think 12 times or something like that is what it was so it's like but then he has these situations with people where he'll decide that they're not respecting him enough and then the next thing you know they're, like, either a sworn enemy, or... I i don't know what the fuck a person like Willie Barson is thinking, to tell you the truth. I, do, I just don't get it. I don't know what it is he thinks that people are supposed to do, like, when he walks in a room, or he... It's like this weird... Mexican respect that some people want that just doesn't really exist anymore. And I remember, I it's I remember from when I was younger what it was like. It was like, here was a deal, your uncles and stuff like that used to talk shit to you, and you as a youngster were supposed to just let them talk shit to you, and you weren't supposed to say anything back. You were just supposed to like you know at the most. Humor them and, you know, act like you were submissive to whatever they were saying or, you know, accept your place as being kind of a kind of a nothing, you know, not being sillier, but like you're just supposed to be like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, and like I am stupid. You're right. Or I am weak or whatever they called you. You were just supposed to accept. And I've seen Willie do that with people, like I personally have not been on the receiving end of that stuff like that because I know the type, and I stay away as soon as I see that type of older Latino. I'm always like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not a part of any of that uh and you know, like I don't know how him and Nick originally met each other or if Nick actually worked for him for a minute like willie does texas quite a bit and nick is from texas so um but then there's nick to talk about nick i did a stand-up revolution season two with nick and then nick toured with um joe coy a little bit for a minute there I'm not, I don't remember how many dates he did with Joe Coy, but it wasn't, like, a long time. And then me and Nick had a thing, too, where, like, you know, I, um, and this is no secret, I've talked about it on Unbothered before. Like, I had a minute where I didn't like Nick the best, you know, but then I got to know him better, and I got a better understanding of him. And, you know, we're friends. We're friends' friends. Like, when... I was in LA, we would hang out all the time. You know, when he wasn't on the road or I wasn't on the road, we would meet up late night. You know, like that's one of the good things about having comic friends when you live in the same city. Sometimes we'd meet up at ridiculous hours. Like I remember one time we were both editing shit, which takes forever and ruins your fucking day. And we were both editing shit and I hit him up, and we ended up going to grab something to eat at a twenty four hour Mexican place. And it was like one a. m. when we did that. It was just like you know, yeah, let's fucking just go hang out and take a break from what we're doing. And so um, we're actual friends. And uh, but you know, like I know that sometimes, sometimes he does have a smart mouth or whatever. I mean like and sometimes he is a little bit of a ball buster but that's kind of a lot of people that's kind of the comic personality um you know it's what comics do like they talk a lot of shit and um but I hadn't known him to and i I know him well, you know we're like I said, when I say we're friends, we're friends. So uh if he were talking shit about people I would definitely know. Uh but I haven't known him to talk shit about Willie Barsena. You know, like, I know that Willie had accused him of stealing a joke at a point, which is always offensive to comics. Like, that's one of the reasons that I don't like... Like, I personally, if we're gonna talk about, like... Because we're gonna unpack a lot here in this last little bit of Unbothered, because I feel like this is worth actually exploring. Because at the beginning when I said, uh... <laughs> Nick Guerra gets punched and bust open like a, a piñata truth, it's like... A lot of what he's saying is true, Uh, you know, like about because when what happened was, let me run this down the most logical way I possibly can, because sometimes I try to talk to you guys like you guys are with me in the day to day and know exactly what's going on and what's happening. And you guys are seeing shit. Um, But uh, what happened was. Sunday night, Nick Guerra was hanging out at a village inn in El Paso. Uh, and Or maybe it was San Antonio. Anyway, it was in Texas at a village inn. So, Willie Barsena ends up coming into the village inn. And he ends up having uh first nick said that he was just trying to hope that uh nick wouldn't or first nick said that when willie walked in he was hoping that willie wouldn't notice him notice him and was gonna try to you know plan a quick like exit so that he wouldn't have to deal with willie because willie always makes it uncomfortable when nick sees him so nick wanted to get out of there And then Willie ended up seeing him, and Willie was hanging out with some other comics, Renee Vaca, and I'm not sure who else. And um, then Willie said something to Nick, and then Nick said something mockingly to him, and then Willie decided to punch him and then jumped on top of him, I guess to go into full ground-and-pound or ass-whooping mode. And then the other comics pulled Willie off of Nick. And then Nick immediately posted on Facebook something like, uh, I just got punched at a village inn in Texas by Willie Barsena, and I'm shaking. And so he posted that. And then. Um, You know, I was talking to Nick through text a little bit that night once I saw it because I was like, that's bullshit. What's going on? And so I text Nick to make sure he was all right and stuff like that. And I still, even though I know what it's like, you know, with, uh, because a lot of people still, you know, especially people of color, hold on to like kind of their street mentality in some cases, you know? Like, I'd be lying if I said I to a degree don't do the same you know like there's a way that i talk there's a way that i do things that is kind of from my upbringing you know um but then also there's a way that i kind of don't pay attention to that anymore like i talked about it like when that guy attacked me in that gay bar and i just didn't feel like, I was a part of his issue, and I wasn't sustaining physical damage. And, you know, like, obviously, if you're sustaining physical damage, you're going to have to do something. And I'm not a person who's unable to defend myself. And so, I... But I just didn't feel at all threatened in this situation, or didn't feel... Any, like, you know, it It felt like one of those situations where, at the end, it was like, that was weird. Um, and, you know, and I felt like it was all very contained in a way. But, like... F- So my point is, like, even if you've evolved past that, there's some of us that just know it's there and don't really care about it or aren't particularly bothered by it, which, you know... That's where I'm at. I'm the kind of person that, like, you know, I see this shit happening all the time in different circles and different groups and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, I've been a lot of places in my life where people have pulled guns, and that's not an exaggeration or me just making it sound like more than it is. There was a time where people were pulling out guns everywhere I went. Like, you know, it wasn't uncommon at all to be like, ugh, another person with a fucking gun? Like, you know, and, of course, not... Somebody wasn't getting shot every time that a gun got pulled out. But did a couple guns go off? Yes. Did was one of my real wake-up calls when I was younger. um, The fact that a guy ended up dead at a fucking party. And it was the crew that I usually... And that time I just didn't feel like hanging out that night. Uh, You know, like I really did luck out. Because it was one of those nights when I just was like, I'm staying home. You guys go do what you do. And I was fully invited and would have been there had I been feeling like doing something that night. That's where I would have been. And a biker ended up getting shot at that party because, you know, biker pulled up or a couple bikers pulled up. They decided they were going to party with my friends who were gangbangers. And, you know, they were all fast friends for a minute there. And then something went wrong. A guy ended up dead and... A whole bunch of my friends, everybody at that fucking party, ended up going to jail. They paddy wagon those motherfuckers. And uh, nobody confessed, and they had to let everybody go because they're just, you know, they had no murder weapon. They couldn't find, uh, you know, they couldn't prove who it was. And I never found out who it was or exactly what happened, and I didn't want to know. But, like, that was one of the wake-up calls. So, like, it's... You know, it's there, and you know it's there. So my point is, for some of us, we're very whatever about that. Nick Guerra, though, is not that type. Nick Guerra is a lot more of, like, a good boy type. And so, you know, the fact that he's Latino makes it so that he, once in a while, will encounter these people that are more like that, but he's not like that. So when he got hit, it was traumatic for him, you know, especially... He gets hit by somebody that's bigger than him, that's older than him, that's been bullying him. And, yeah, I do use the word bullying for a reason because that's what it is when somebody's not... Like, all you have to do is try to fight Nick Gara one time to realize that he's not about that life. And I'm sure at some point Nick will end up listening to this because I'm going to tell him that I you know, mention him on my podcast, but it's only because this is a part of what's going on in my life, you know, him being my friend. I And, you know, I am paying attention to what he's posting on Facebook, stuff like that, and I will end up, you know... Texting with him, and then he, you know, gave me a shout out like mentioned that he was gonna start being unbothered. Because, you know, and I said it on his post the process of being unbothered is you talk about what bothers you, then you get unbothered. And a lot of this shit really doesn't matter, you need to treat it accordingly. So, you know, if I were to give Nick any advice, I'd say just to, you know, make like Elsa and let it go. Because, uh, you know, everything, a lot of what he said is, like, right on the money as far as, you know, like, it being a thing with some of these older Latinos not necessarily being happy with where they are or where they ended up and, you know, that kind of being, like, their... Thing, and then, like, different people did jump in with side issues and stuff like that. Like, that happened with two of my good friends, Butch Escobar and Chris Doran. They got into it with Nick over the last couple of days. And I'm not really going to discuss that part of it just because I'm friends, like, real friends with all three of those people. Like, you know, um, Nick is a good friend. Chris Doran is really like my brother, uh, not just in comedy, that we met through comedy, but he's like my brother in real life. Like, you know, there's no, very few people in my life that are more down for me than Chris Doran, and I feel the same about him. Anything I can do to help him out, I would definitely do to help him out. And same, and he's really proved it. He's been my friend a lot of shit. So, you know, me staying out of that, like what happened between them, that's something I'm perfectly comfortable to do. And I will make no excuses for that. I don't want to be a part of that because they're both my friends and I'm not getting into that and then Butch Escobar also has been a very good friend to me throughout my comedy career th- since I met him you know like just he's just one of those guys too that has my back and you know and I also feel the same about Nick like you know he does have my back and so like you know as far as those three getting into it I uh like I said I'm happy to stay out of that but uh I wish they hadn't um uh, you, you know and then there's people that are just taking swipes you know at nick because he's really letting his vulnerability show like you know right now through and that's something that you know i don't know that i would recommend for anybody on social media but if if it's part of your process and you're a grown man and you feel like this is the outlet that you need in order to express yourself and maybe not feel as victimized or, you know, just sort it out, like, you know, you need maybe to sort it out out loud, you know, and out loud being on Facebook or publicly, then, you know, maybe that's what you need. So I, I, you know, I know that I've had friends definitely hit me up and be like, you know, hey, I think you're going a little bit crazy on social media right now. And I've been like, no, I'm not. I'm doing exactly what I need to do with social media right now. So, I can't tell somebody like Nick what he should be doing or that I don't agree with what he's doing, uh, you know, or that I would do it differently. Cause I w- like, to say I don't agree with it would be a very strong statement that would make it seem like, you know, I thought he was doing something wrong. But I just don't... I know that I wouldn't handle it this way, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily... Um, you know, and then he did bring up... uh accusation of rape uh uh, that you know happened to a friend of ours which is a mutual friend of ours and i know the story that he's referring to and you know i don't think this girl would cry wolf but her case is one of those that would be really hard for her to prove because she got drugged and uh she was you know, partying with somebody, and she thought this person was her friend. And I, I like with me and that situation, like you know, even though I'm not gonna say a name because that comes with legal ramifications and that kind of stuff, and I'm not, you know, willing to go at it that way. Um, but if she were to ever come forward, I would fully have her back if she were ever to say something. But you know, he brought up her her rape, but and some people made it seem like he was just. um Like, kind of snitching now because of, you know, because he got hit. But I don't think that's what happened. I think if you pay attention to the series of Facebook posts he put out, it's just like to him, and this part I would agree with uh, to him, like, there's all these little things that make it so that being a Latino comic is bullshit. Like, and there is the crabs in the barrel mentality, and there are, like, different comics doing different sneaky shit because Latinos somehow bought in to the fact that, or the idea that there could only be one big or good Latino comic at at one time. And not all of us feel that way because I don't even consider myself a Latino comic. I'm a comic who happens to be Latino. But, uh, you know, I... And I stay away from that circuit in a lot of ways because I know that there's that bullshit. And I've even had a couple people try to get kind of shitty with me where I've had to tell them, like, I don't... I told one comic in so many words, I was like, I don't do that fucking beaner bullshit. I don't do it at all. So don't bring it to me. I don't hang out with you guys for this reason. And... uh He right away corrected himself and was like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make it like that. And I was like, yeah, I don't care what you do with the other Latino comics. I'm in full support of you living that life however you want to live it. But that's not what I do. And when I come around, I am a guest on the Latino scene. I'm not trying to be at home here. Because being at home means putting up with a bunch of extra bullshit. And the comic that he was talking about was a really good friend of his. And that's the way Latino comics do each other sometimes. And I don't know if it's a dominance thing, if that was the reason. Because, you know, he was dating the girl that ended up getting raped. Uh, You know, and then she was ashamed to tell him because she thought it was part her fault. Because she shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't have been partying with that guy. And, uh, you know she also felt stupid because she trusted him she thought that they were actual friends and that he wouldn't do that kind of thing and there was you know pictures involved and she doesn't know where those pictures ended up or like you know and it's 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 sorted and he mentioned it on his thing and then you know like some people were saying that he was using that as his you know like to make it about him and I don't think he was I just think it's like when do you actually bring that stuff up when you're carrying it and I remember when he told me because he told me like quite a quite a while back you know about this situation like I knew about it um quite a quite a while back because back when she told him he didn't know how exactly to process it and so he you know us being good friends he was like hey i got a lot going on do you have a minute and so we went and met up and ate and he told me the story and i was like fuck i don't even know how you do that and so i know that it's weighed on him for a long time and it's like at what point do you get this off your chest and people always talk about coming forward and how people should come forward and how people should say something when they hear these kinds of things but then really Then you say it and you get told you're trying to make it about you or that you're throwing people under the bus. And it's like, well, really, are you throwing somebody under the bus when, you know, a person that, you know, says that they were raped by that person and you know that that person isn't the kind of person that would just make that up? Now, if it were a person you knew that, you know, sometimes exaggerated the truth or told tall tales or wasn't, you know necessarily the most trustworthy then you might be like well that's something different but you know when you actually know the person and you're like no she's not like that at all she wouldn't make that up she wouldn't be that kind of person then it's it's kind of something to carry around you know and um you know i wouldn't tell anybody how to do any of that you know or how to uh how to handle any of that because That's not the position I'm in and I don't, well, I do have a friend actually that's dealt with something like that and it's again, same situation, like a really good girl, a really nice girl, a really cool girl that wouldn't make that kind of shit up and technically she could destroy somebody's career right now, bam, just completely annihilate it and this person is currently saying a lot of shit that I don't like. Not about me, but just in general. And so that could happen, but I wouldn't be the person to expose it or call it out or put anybody under the bus. And I definitely am not trying to put bugs in her ear uh, telling her that she should say something. You know, like that's her personal thing. She can handle that however she wants to do it. But it's kind of a weird situation because it feels like, well, at what point am I allowed to actually say this, or uh, is she allowed to actually say this, you know, and not get ridiculed or be told that you're begging for attention or whatever the fuck. And then he did address, you know, the the way that Latino comics treat each other, which is something I've, you know, dealt with just as far as, like, the, not even just the friends, like I mentioned, where they try to drag you into shit, but sometimes, like, the bigger Latino comics, because they feel like they have to protect something that isn't really there, It's like you don't have to protect your spot. Your spot is your spot. If you really do what you think you're going to do, then you don't have to worry about anybody else taking it. Like I feel that way with like me being gay, you know, like I even though a lot of people don't necessarily realize it or whatever, I've done a lot for LGBT comedy. Some people will try to discount that because I've said things that haven't been the most popular and I voted for Trump. And I mentioned that I voted for Trump every episode of Unbothered, if you notice. And the reason I mention it every episode is so that everybody's always very clear about it. And nobody ever comes back, back on me and they're like, well, don't forget that you voted for Trump. No, you don't forget I voted for Trump. But yeah, so there are people that will try to discount what it is I've done in, you know for LGBT and comedy, just as far as the road that I've trailblazed, and I will say trailblazed, and I'm not going to take it back, and I'm not going to, like, act like I have a real humility about it. I've done a lot for LGBT and comedy. And so um, I don't feel, though, that I have to be like, keep other gay comics out or that anybody's going to take my spot. My spot is my spot. And whether or not anybody gives me recognition for it, I know what I've done. So I'm not going to, you know, I don't feel like I have to be defensive or shitty with other comics. But Latino comics, in a lot of cases, do do that. Like, one person that really disappointed me and let me down was Paul Rodriguez. You know, uh, I mentioned him at one point when uh, Felipe Esparza asked about it when I did his uh, anniversary for the What's Up Full podcast. You don't know about time, man, That some people follow the Kardashians or they keep up with the Kardashians. I keep up with his fucking Facebook rants. <laughs> this motherfucker fighting somebody every fucking week, huh? Cause <laughs> 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 you're gonna be you funny, man. So much. But Felicia picks up please. so much that he'll actually, like, find out who I'm talking to when I don't even use a name. <laughs> he'll hit me up and be like, was that so-and-so? And I'll be like, fucking Felipe." I'm gonna repeat man. <laughs> and one time somebody was talking shit about him in the Laugh Factory, and then I said, fuck that, who, who could it be, man? Yeah? And I fucking him Laugh Factory, who went up that night? <laughs> then I found out who Paul Rodriguez, bro. <laughs> he said, fuck it for lady, man. Bro. Yeah, fucking oh, Paul Rodriguez. He, could he be did his, because he loves you, bro. Yeah, he because this has been a legend. <laughs> because you know, um I don't remember. Oh, I mentioned it on Facebook once that there was a Latino comic that you know that I had really looked up to, and he had been like a piece of shit with me. And it was just, like, one of those things I mentioned, it was a couple years ago, and then Felipe brought it up when I did his podcast, and he wanted to know who it was. And then uh, he did research, and then he was like, I figured it out. And, like, the thing with Paul Rodriguez was uh, I had always, like, you know, looked up to him and George Lopez before I started doing comedy. And then once I started doing comedy, I heard different things about both of them. But I was like, well, I never met them. And I still feel like they're, you know, um, they've done a lot for Latinos in comedy. So I, I look up to them, you know, th- and that's the way I felt about it. So the first time I ever heard Paul Rodriguez was at the Laugh Factory, uh, you know, and I was there. I was performing. I was like, you know, excited that he was there. And then there was one night where, uh, and I didn't get to meet him or anything, and then there was one night where him and George Lopez were both at the Laugh Factory. But apparently they don't like each other, don't deal with each other, that's what I was told. And so they did stay away from each other, and the way that they came in was completely different. Like, Paul Rodriguez came in, and uh, he was willing to wait till the end of the night. It was Latino night. And then George Lopez came in, but when George Lopez came in, uh, he came in and he was, like, you know, kind of straight to the stage. Like, the comic that was on stage wrapped up what they were doing, and then George Lopez was next, and he jumped on stage. And I was excited because when I started doing comedy, my mom bought me his book, the Why Are You Crying book. Um, and then, uh... And it was like she didn't even know I had started doing comedy yet. She just, uh, knew that I liked George Lopez, you know. And so, uh his book was one of the things that inspired me when I was first starting new comedy and then uh she had bought me tickets to see him like right after I started doing comedy you know and like she knew at that point like she bought me tickets to see him and so I went to see him at the Dodge Theater well now it's called something else but it was the Dodge Theater here in Phoenix and so I went to go see him and then um yeah I just um you know w- was a big fan of both of them and so when i heard stories about them i was like well i don't know about that you know what i mean i just i heard that they weren't the nicest to other latino comics and that kind of thing but uh you know i didn't care because i just felt like i still liked them and i would like to meet them and make my own opinion if i meet them when i meet them you know and with paul rodriguez it was like even a friend of mine told me one time that uh he asked him if he ever heard of me because my friend was working with him and he asked paul rodriguez if he ever heard of me and because uh, he was just referencing me in a conversation you know my friend was and paul rodriguez said yeah doesn't that guy steal jokes and then which isn't a thing i have a reputation for at all uh and nor did i then you know it's just never been a thing for me if you know what i do it's different enough that Who would I be stealing from? And so uh, I was just so, uh, but even though my friend told me, and my friend didn't tell me in an instigating way, he just told me, like, you know, that's what his response was when I asked him about you. I I still in my head felt like, you know, well, I'll see what he's like when I meet him. You know, I still will not have an opinion of him. So then, cut to several years later, when I'm at uh, Gabriel Iglesias, had the, Stand-Up Revolution comedy festival here in Phoenix, you know at the Tempe improv, so Tempe technically. and uh, I wanted to get Gabriel the gift because you know people give him gifts and stuff like that. and I wanted to thank him for everything he's done for me. And so I, he, I, we all got souvenir shirts for you know our season and it had all of our names on it you know for uh, the stand-up revolution and so um i tried to get everybody's signature you know everybody that had done it i tried to get everybody's signature on one shirt and i was going to give it to gabriel at another time and the only ones i didn't get were carlos aliz and that was because he ended up leaving early so i was like i'll get him at another time and then uh paul rodriguez i was um trying to get paul Rodriguez. And uh, he uh, he first like started off by like giving me like hard looks when he would see me, and I was just like you know I'm probably reading too much into that. It's no thing you know like whatever. And oh, and he had talked shit about me once at the Laugh Factory, and it was before I got my silicone taken out. And it wasn't like you know we had a, a chatted or anything like that. I just got off stage, and then he said some shit about me. And then afterwards, they were like, "Yeah, did you hear Carlo or um, Paul Rodriguez bagging on you after you got off stage?" And I had went to go smoke a cigarette immediately after I got off stage, and I was like, "No." And they were like, "No, nah, he was talking shit." And then like you know I was just like, "Really?" And then they were like, "They were like, yeah, he was really talking." And so I was just like, oh, okay, you know, but I still was like, whatever. Yeah, maybe I don't know him and that's kind of shitty or whatever. But at the same time, he was probably just trying to get a laugh on stage or whatever. So I still wasn't tripping. So then, you know, I get to what's it called? And I'm still willing to just brush everything off and just be like, okay, I'm still meeting like a Latino comedy icon. And I'm still, uh, you know, excited for you know to get this shirt signed also and and you know and just maybe say a thank you for what you did as far as being a latino cuz i remember when his show was on you know um so anyway so he's mad-dogging me, and I'm not really thinking anything of it at the same time. And so I'm like, here's my chance to go get him to sign it. He's going to be on stage in a few, so I'm just going to go back to the Wings right there at the Tempe Improv. There's a place where we wait right backstage, and there's room to like sign or sit down. There's even a little couch back there and stuff like that, and stools usually. So I went back there with the shirt, and then I was like, I was like oh, excuse me, Mr. Rodriguez. Mr. Rodriguez, uh, would you mind signing this shirt, please? And then he completely pretended not to hear me. But I knew I was close enough for him to hear me, and I said it clearly enough for him to hear me. So then I repeated it, excuse me, Mr. Rodriguez, would you mind? Uh, And so then I was like, because he didn't look at me, he just continued to look forward. So then I was like, maybe he really can't hear me. And so then I said his name, like, you know, in a louder voice, like, actually, like, when you're calling someone, like, I was like, excuse me. And then I was like, Paul. And and then he looked at me in a way like, I heard you, you know, and, like, gave me a, like, shut up look, you know, like, a squinted the eyes type. You know what I'm saying. I'm sure I could show you easily the look that he gave me. And then I just looked at him sort of like, um... You know, uh, all right, whatever. And then he walked off. And, like, you know, that whole second part was after he was already done. And so he was able to walk off, walk off, like, leave the area. And so it was, like, you know, it wasn't one of those things where it's, like, oh, he was trying to get it in his head for a set. It was, like, no, that shit was done. Like, and then I was just asking for the, and so... You know, it was it's 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 disappointing sometimes what happens with other Latinos. Cause like I said, even Willie is somebody like you know Willie's never been mean to me. You know, like he's been like a smart mouth uncle to me before and like that kind of shit. But I mean, like you know, um, he's. Uh, I haven't had the same history with him that Nick Guerra has. So it's not like he's, like, you know, bullied me. And so I've never, like, you know, said anything shitty to him. Because, you know, I haven't had a reason to or whatever. But, like like I said, I've seen him do it with some other guys. And I know the reputation. And it's kind of like, just stop doing that. And just take your place as, like, one of the elders. And actually give us a reason to respect you. Because... I know a lot of the guys that you're dealing with and all of us were kind of raised the same way or a similar way because we're Latinos so we wouldn't be opposed to respecting you. Like I know that the guys that kind of are considered disrespectful to some of these older guys aren't disrespectful people because in a lot of cases I'm a bit older than they are and I've done more than they have and they're respectful with me. But that's because I'm respectful with them and I don't treat them like they're less than me. You know, like I am. I try to help out the younger guys just because, like I said, I've dealt with some situations where I've been like, well, why do you have to be like that? Why can't you just be, you know, just be cool since I'm cool with you? Or, you know, I already respect you. I already give it up. Like, you don't have to push me into the ground or make me feel small in order to be what you are like i already respect what you are you know um so yeah so you know but i think i got away from this subject in a way but kind of you know at the same time not really i stayed on what i was talking about so i do understand a lot of what nick was saying on uh facebook Uh, you know the like i said the only thing i would caution him about is just the um you don't want to let it go on too long because you know eventually your fan base and the people that are pulling for you will start to get like, you know, hey, just move on now. You know, like it's it's time to just let it actually move on. Even the people talking shit, at a point just start blocking them and don't let them occupy anymore your mind. Anyway, you guys, I I think even though I got maybe a little bit away from it and I did not mention Paul Rodriguez, which, you know, I did get asked about him. And that's why it's one of the like, quote unquote, feuds that I've had in comedy, because I said something that wasn't necessarily the nicest when I was asked about him. And it's because at that point, that's how I felt like, you know, I felt like, yeah, you have to remember that you are a hero to a very small segment of the population, Like, Paul Rodriguez, as far as the mainstream world goes, you're not considered, like, one of the greats of all time. You're not considered, like, a Chappelle. You're not considered, you know, even like a George Lopez, really. Like, you didn't mainstream it to that point. Like, yeah, you had a very successful point in your career, but you didn't didn't turn into that guy, you know? You're not... A Ron White or, you know, even like a Doug Stanhope who's like an underground. Like you're really only revered by younger than you Latino comics. So when you shit on us, it's kind of like, well, now the people that you're shitting on really do have the ability to take away what would be considered your legacy. Because we're the only ones that ever would have honored it. And I certainly don't see you as anything at this point. I see you as a bitter old man, and I don't know what choices you made in your life, but you're clearly not happy with what you ended up, which I think is similar to what Nick is saying. It's because, like, like I said, Willie's position also is secure. Like you know, he's had like twelve or maybe it's six. I don't remember if it's a dozen or a half dozen, but they they say like the number of credits he's had. For, you know, doing the Tonight show. When like let's say it's even six. You've made your point. You are an excellent comic. You don't need to push the little guys into the ground anymore. And I don't mean just physically little, which Nick is physically little. He's smaller than you. Like just stop and just be proud of what you are and be an example for the rest of us. You know, that's one thing I'm going to tell you guys. When it comes to Gabriel Iglesias, you got to give credit where credit's due. When it comes to Gabriel Iglesias, Gabriel Iglesias is in a hurry to help out other Latino comics, up-and-coming Latino comics, and he also is, uh, he stays above the shit, and he doesn't get into it with a lot of people. And so that's a respectable example for up-and-coming Latino comics to to look at and kind of be like, okay, you don't have to necessarily be like these other guys. Uh Felipe Esparza has also been very good to me personally. So, you know, uh, a lot of the guys have been good to me personally. So it's not even like, I guess it's just, like, I, I can see it, it needs to be addressed, but it hasn't necessarily always been my problem because a lot of the guys have been very cool and very respectful with me. But I'm just saying I can see what Nick is talking about, and I think sometimes it's important to address things even if they don't personally affect you always in the most ways, even if it's just once in a while. It's something that we could work on as a community and as a people since we are actual Latinos and not just play them in Hollywood. Anyway, everybody, I'm not playing anything in Hollywood. All my roles are being played in Phoenix, Arizona, where I am clearly bucking for the role of boyfriend of the year. And outside of that, I do a lot of stand-up, and guess what? I'm very good at it. So, I feel very good about what's happening in my life. I hope you feel good about what's happening in your life. We just finished up with Memorial Day. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. I love all of you. Have a great day. Stay unbothered. Go to americasfavoritefag.com if you know what I'm going to if you want to know what I'm going to be doing. Outside of that, Bijou says deuces and I say the same love you all stay unbothered